Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. After a 2-1 loss to the Cucumber people of Leganes on the weekend, Malaga then travelled to Girona on Tuesday night. Of course, Girona is used as a setting for Game of Thrones King's Landing. But give me Malaga blazing a trail through Girona instead of Daenerys Targaryen blazing a trail through King's Landing any day. It was Girona nil, Malaga won last night and on today's Giri cast we'll be discussing how Malaga have climbed back into the playoff places and can I start using the term playoff party again. To do that with me as always is Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you doing? Hi. Let me tell you that um, House of Stark has won uh, again. <laughs> Three nil to House of Stark. Um, yes. Good, good ultras, House of Stark. Yeah. Um, yeah very good ones. I, I'd like to apologise for those who aren't fans of Game of Thrones and don't understand some of the geeky conversation going on here. Um, but I'm also joined by Alex Ashmore. Alex, are you a fan of Game of Thrones? I am. I'm a very big fan. I've started watching it. I started watching it over lockdown, and I got hooked. Who, who I thought you were a bigger fan of Harry Potter, Alex. <laughs> I mean, uh, that goes without saying. I think you know that's always going to have number one spot. Who who would win in a in a game between Harry Potter FC and Game of Thrones FC? Surely Game of Thrones. Oh, I think Game of Thrones. I can't see anyone getting past the mountain at centre back. That's true. Yeah. Um, I suppose Harry Potter does have more magic on the pitch, if we're going to use that. But, um, we have, you know, debate amongst yourselves. Who would win in a game, Harry Potter FC or Game of Thrones FC? We can, that's a question we can all ponder. Um, speaking of magic, um, well, speaking of magic and the tragic, I suppose, it's a very sad day in football today, as um, we've just found out about two or three hours before recording this, that very sadly Diego Maradona has passed away at the age of 60. And of course, a big name in world football, you know, arguably the biggest name ever. And obviously a name which was pretty big over here in Spain. Chris, any fond memories of Diego Maradona? Because obviously we are a Malaga fan podcast, but we are a football podcast and it seems wrong just to brush over it. It's uh, one of the of the last uh, summarize of football uh, that has gone, I believe. Um, it's a very sad day for football. It's a sad day for Malaga and for every football-loving fan in the whole world, I think. And if not, then they're not a real football fan. Because if there are a few players on earth in the history of football, then Diego Maradona is in it. Yeah, it's... Um... I suppose Alex is in the more extreme like part of this idea than me, but he's sort of just before my time, really. I sort of obviously I caught the end of his career, and I know all the stories and all the craziness. Uh, Alex, you know, you're a I guess a football fan of the 21st century. Does he does he resonate with you at all? I've got no memories of watching him play. I'm more. Memories of him managing, um, obviously the Netflix documentary of him managing the Sinaloan team, and it seems like, it, I mean, although he gets his critics and he has his critics, and he's received quite a lot of um, flack for what he's done over his career, I think 
obviously I'd put him in the top five players of all time. Um, and I think, yeah, sad to see him gone way too soon. Yeah. Can, can we? Can I ask what the other four num- names are of? Uh... Oh, <laughs> I think obviously Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. No, no, they shouldn't be in that list. What? I, I think they they have to be up there. And no. obviously, there are a few players that can get in there, like Eusebio or Pele. Um, but I think it's. I definitely think Maradona deserves to be in the top five. Well, obviously, you know, I'll I'd put Juanpi at number one. Yeah. No, but, no, but apart from Juanpi, um, like Messi's my number one, and the rest sort of just change as uh, I'd probably. Really? Say, oh yeah, he's the greatest footballer they, ever. They I, can't. They can't be now. Oh yes, I, I, you know this no. is this is for. You have to look at history, Matt. Matt, no, Messi and Ronaldo aren't there yet. I think. Uh, they're like at the end of their careers, where they're not going to get there now. If they, they're, they're, he's the he's the greatest ever, Messi. I don't care. He's for consistency, just. All for his career, goals, assists, leading a team, whether they're up, down, won all these trophies. He's just a genius on the football pitch. He's the greatest ever. But and, and I don't actually, know. For me, it feels wrong to to not call, to not say names like like George Best or um, yeah. But I, I see you doubting. Oh. Yeah, well, no, they, no, these are you know. It, it's so, so, sorry, listeners. He doesn't know <laughs> what he's saying. No, but it's sort of it's. It's. I. I don't really like these arguments, to be honest with you, because I think, well, you know, they're all obviously amazing, and you're all going to have, you know, you. There's going to be a certain flavour of footballer which I appeals agree, to you. I agree isn't that it? they are better players, but like um, because for me, I just, don't know. There, 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 there is a difference between. All-time best players and like the historical, of course, magical yeah. players. Because if I I'm going on like my own personal choice, my number two is not going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. It's going to be the other Ronaldo. But that's because, and I hate calling him the other Ronaldo. That makes me sick saying that. But for me, when I was a kid, he was like this superhuman footballer. And I guess it depends when you've grown up and how you've experienced football and. There's lots of factors, but um... I, I I think if if the, if you look at the historical guys, there is um, um, for me there is definitely the, the historical historical there is Pele, uh, Cruyff, Maradona, yeah. and I'm 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 probably forgetting somebody. They've, yeah, they're probably the big three. I suppose George Best can I be suppose, on that list. I suppose a more modern football fan would probably add Zidane to that as well, but. Um, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose what we're trying to say out of all this is Maradona was very good, and you know, rest in peace to a football in legend. Um, let's move on to some Malaga stuff and maybe talk about a player who could be a football in legend. You know, it'd be great if he could be mentioned among those names. We might be being a tad ambitious there, but we, as always, will start with the news and Ramon got in the Football Drafts Bronze 11. Guys, do you know what this is? I tweeted it today, but I don't know. I, I, I think I've worked out what it is, but forgive me that it's maybe not uh, the full picture. But from what I read <laughs> yesterday, Football Draft is sort of a independent award or company, and they gave it started 15 years ago to sort of praise or encourage, I suppose is a better word there, the... Spanish canteras to sort of say, hey, look, you're making these amazing players. Keep doing it. If you keep doing it, our national team might get good. And obviously this is 15 years ago and 
three years later, that Spanish national team did prove to be quite good when they won Euro 2008. So there's three teams of 11, you know, as they are, and they Ramon Enriquez is in the third team of like best youngsters in Spain, I suppose. But I looked at that list and there, were, there was a couple of names I recognised, but Ricky Poog is on there who, um, I, I don't know if you guys know, was, was particularly good at Barcelona last year. Has dropped out of favour a little bit this this term. Um, but is there also, because uh, Ramon is on the bronze list, is there also silver and mm-hmm. gold list? Or Yeah, there's, um, so for example, Ansu Fati is on the gold list. Okay. Um, so, and, yeah. He's not in the first 36 players. He's in the f- first 33 players, yeah. but he's not in the first 11. No, pretty much that's a good way of putting it. Um, another player with ties to Malaga um, in the silver list is uh, Brahim Diaz. He made the silver list. So that gives you an idea of the, the ranking, I suppose. But, you know, okay. he's the yeah, only Malaga player on the list and it, it's good that we've got a player on this list at all and especially I think it's a big boost for the Cantero because as we've said on this podcast repeatedly the academy seems to be doing good things at the moment and it's going to be very important um, with the financial situation at the club. Uh, Alex would would you say at the moment Ramon Enriquez because I know you're a fan of him is he perhaps our most valuable asset on the pitch? That's a, that's a very that's a very difficult question. Yeah, I, I think looking at how far ahead in his career he's got, like how much left time he's got left, I think we've got to put him up there. I think also, <clears throat> I think also we've got to look at the the time that he's played as well. I don't think he's played enough to maybe categorise him in that most valuable, but I definitely think he's an asset, uh, a very important asset. Um, what about you, Chris? Do you think this is the guy that's going to go? For big money, well, you know, big money in regards of Malaga in the future, or was there any other player you, you think is more valuable at the moment? I was thinking of Benkemasa, but <laughs> I think you guys are right. I think Ramon is probably the our most valuable player on the pitch. Yeah, because I, I suppose at the end of last season and at the start of this season, we might have said perhaps Luis Munoz, and I, I suppose he's the only other one who's like upcoming young player. But I don't know, Ramon's got... Something about him. I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. But um, yeah, so it's great, as we said, great to get a little bit of recognition. I don't know. I don't know how valued these football draft awards are, but I'm, I'm all for rewards. So I'm, I, I don't take it very serious, to be honest, because <laughs> I can't think of 11 better players than Brahim Diaz. <laughs> there you go. There I go. can make it to, to, to five or six. Yeah. But... He should be on the list of the of the gold ones. Okay, well, perhaps we perhaps we can sort of share those lists on our Facebook or Twitter or sometimes so people can rank and see where we where Ramon ranks properly. But um, moving away from the football draft awards and our last bit of news, really, in regards to things off the pitch, because it's been a particularly quiet week at Malaga for a change. There's been an update on what's going on behind the scenes at the club, especially regarding Blue Bay, Chris. Now, I've, I'm a little bit behind with this, so you know, you're know you informing me here as well. What, what's been going on with Blue Bay and stuff? Um, well, Blue Bay has said that they are interested, well, not interested, they are willing <coughs> to uh, contribute economically at the club. 
and increase um, to make invert in the uh, in a capital increase for, increase for the club. Well, my English is bad again. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, and they also have said that they are. Um, th- this is what they said in a letter to the judge. And they have also said in the letter that they are they are giving their support to the jur- juridical administrator Jose Maria Munoz. Good stuff. Um, I suppose my next question is because I saw a few people tweeting about this, and again, I sort of got half the picture. Do Blue Bay have money to invest in the club? Is that realistic? Um, I think I, I forgive me, I can't remember who I saw tweeting about it now, but someone was saying, well. You know, they're a hospitality business, and at the moment, with what's going on in the world, the hospitality business is being pretty hard hit. Do they have money, or is we just taking their word for it? I don't know. They have saying a lot of things in the last 10 years, even presented uh, a new plan for a stadium, and, well, I don't think we have to, uh, to take them very serious. Okay. They bought the club for one euro, so they're probably <laughs> looking for selling the the shares they have. Right, Owen. Well, like I said, and unless you guys have anything to add to the news, that's all I've got. Um, uh, or do you want to just go on to talking about football? I have one small little thing. Go for it, Chris. That I forgot. Uh, Haitom Abaida, yes, very famous, uh, has renewed his youth contract uh, with Malaga till 2024. Um, that's great news since the young winger is seen as one of the biggest talents of the club. Okay. Um, yeah, he's I... born in Barcelona. He's a winger. Um, he played with the youth of Barcelona till 2019. Uh, then he left after an injury. He wasn't happy and he decided to uh, sign with Malaga. Great stuff. Yeah, I, d- I did catch that just before we came on, actually. And I was going to ask one of you about him. But um, yeah, it sounds good. And hopefully... He can get us onto the gold list of the football draft awards in a couple of years, maybe. He can be. I, I, <laughs> yeah, on our on our Twitter, I posted it on our Twitter today, I think, and uh, I I added the picture where he signed his contract, and uh, Keith made a, a a great comment on it because it was something that <laughs> I was looking at and I thought really the same. Uh, Keith commented, "Glad to see he." He's keeping up with his homework. <laughs> it, it, if you look at the picture, it's really like a little boy doing his homework. So it's pretty yeah. funny. I have seen I the picture, actually. I can picture it. Well, there you go. If you want to go over to our Twitter, at GiriCastPod, you can see that picture. And keep up with all the Malaga news as it happens. But for now, we're going to go back to... The weekend to start with and talk about what happened against Leganes, but we're not going to dwell on that and we're going to talk a lot about last night's win. So this past week, Malaga have played two games starting on Saturday afternoon against Leganes at La Rosaleda. That game was not as successful as our second game in the week, but we will briefly talk about it just in case anything interesting came up. So we'll go back to Saturday. It was a 2-1 loss, as we said. 
we're not going to talk about in too much detail about it, but um, Alex, we'll start with you. How was Malaga's overall performance against Leganes on the weekend? I think, I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was too disappointed. I think in general, I think it was a game of we made one too many mistakes. I think it was unfortunate about Juan De's own goal. I don't think he, there was much he could have done about it in the situation. I think it just rebounded off him and he didn't mean it. Um, the penalty, I can see why it was given. Um, I think we did well to, to score a goal. I think that was the positive. So I think, and also against the team that will probably be looking for promotion, I don't think it's something that we should be too worried about. I think it was there are a lot of positives we can take from the game, and it definitely wasn't our worst performance of the season. Okay, before um, we come to Chris, because I think he's already said he might have to swear a little bit, so I'll just say my bit, which I don't think requires any swearing. But I pretty much agree with what Alex said, and I thought I thought I wrote down on my note we did okay because. I thought I sort of I'm sort of going against that a little bit more because more I think back on that game, a bit like you said, Alex. I think Leganes will be right up there, but I was thinking, did they actually play really well against us on Saturday? And I'm not sure they did, and and we still lost. But yeah, like you said, I think I tweeted after the game saying that I don't think there's any reason to panic following this game. There was some really sort of bad bits of luck and. Things didn't fall our way, which, you know, things in last night's game, which we'll talk about shortly, it, you know, that we could have had bad luck in that game and we could have lost that game. It's, um, yeah, I just thought we did okay and I didn't lose too much sleep about it. But, um, Chris, you, you said you wanted to do a bit of swearing, so um, I, I'm just going to let you go, okay? So, what, what, what did you think of the game? Um, I thought um, Juan de fucked up. First wayward. And he became the hero, and then he fucked up. Okay, that's a nice, nice summary. <laughs> um, but to be honest, uh, with the first fuck up, it's <laughs> weird. Sorry, just made a note that he's to be. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he he wasn't there to blame for it because it can happen. He gets the ball to his foot, and. It happens to all of us. It happened to me. It it happens to Alex every day, and it probably has have happened to Matt as well. No, I, I'd uh, like to add in. I'm an immaculate footballer. It's never happened to me. Okay, <laughs> uh, we should have known that. Um, so it could have happened to everybody. It happens to the best players. Um, he scored a great goal, and then the penalty against us. He, for me, it wasn't a penalty. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, one other thing I was just going to mention about this game, and I'm sure we'll talk about formations a little bit more when we talk about Girona, but I was trying to work out for a while in that game what formation we were playing, and I seem to get the idea that Juan de was sort of left back. Matos was sort of just left. Oh, not like Matos, sorry, Calero was sort of left, just doing what he wants. It was, it was really bizarre, I thought. That was the one thing that... I would criticise about the Malaga, well, not performance, the setup, I suppose. And I'm sure there was, you know, I'm not in the changing room. I'm sure there was a plan. It just looked a bit messy to me. I'm not not sure if anyone else noticed that. But I, I, I was in the changing room. Do yeah. you have any questions for? Okay. <laughs> what did um, I was going to say? Palace, but um, Palace wasn't there. So, um, what, what did Sanchez put up on the the board with the formation? Because I couldn't. 
It just seemed... he was, yeah, he was aiming for a 5-4-1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was very happy the way I was playing uh, through uh, through last week's. No. Um, yeah, the formation was a bit strange. The only thing what made me happy on forehand of the game was that I was not going to see Ben Kemasa uh, having the possibility to get on the pitch. All right. Well, we'll talk about him in a second. Just... Um... Just before we go to like Chumbo and Biznaga and things like that, um, I don't think we need to talk too much about Juan De. I think we can all agree that it was just one of those games that every footballer has. And um, as I think you summed it up already, Chris, uh, he was the hero and the villain. I think that was the headlining marker the next day, actually. It was Juan De, hero, <coughs> e villano. Um, the other player I just wanted to talk about briefly, because we don't have to talk about him in the next bit, is Gyro Sampiero, has either of you worked out what he does yet? Because I, I still don't get him. Makes the tea. <laughs> I'm sure he makes great tea. But, um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's his job for the rest of the season. <laughs> I think, judging off what I've seen, I was quite... I mean, I saw more promising signs from Joaquin Munoz. I think he can show more... And from what he's played, a limited amount of games, I've, I've been more impressed with him. And I think maybe it's something to do with uh, San, San Pedro just not adjusting to the league or he's just not settling in well. But I, I haven't been impressed and I'm yet to, yet to see that spark from him. Yeah, I agree with that. I just, yeah, I, I think there must be a player in there. I just, I, I'm not even saying he's played particularly bad. I just not really... I don't. He just. He just. I don't notice him till he's getting subbed. Or I don't. H- haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. But I don't hate him. No, I, I know. <laughs> I, I just, just saying something. Yeah, yeah um, you can say something. I don't know. I think he still doesn't have his form because you, he shows that he can. Uh, at some points, he shows that he can play football. That he has it in him. It's just costing him a lot to. Uh, he, he didn't play for a long time, I believe. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he did have that. Um, he did that lovely piece of play when Calero scored. It was against Ponferradina, I think it was, wasn't it? And they I had that little, so, yeah. little interchange. So that, yeah, I think there is a player there, but I'm just a bit. I, I expected more from him, considering you know, next week is December. We're, we're, we're getting through. We're through quite a lot of the season already. Um, let's just go and get this done then, so we can talk about the fun stuff. Um, Chumbo and Biznaga. Uh, Chumbo, Chris, who's your Chumbo? Juande. Yeah, I've got Juande too for obvious reasons, but with sort of an apology to him at the same time, because I don't like giving it to Juande. Uh, Alex, anyone different? I think I've got to go with Juande as well. I mean, as much as I think the two mistakes, they weren't too, like, they weren't, you know, something that I'm going to root for the rest of the season, but I think just in general, I feel like he was a bit. You know, mismatch. He wasn't too consistent. Obviously, he got the goal, so he made up for it slightly. But yeah, I just think he had a bit of a bit of a mare in that game. Okay, and then I, I thought this was quite tricky. The Biznaga. I, I, did you come up with one, Chris? Yes, I definitely have. Yeah, uh, Juande, great header. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, it was actually. You did say earlier, Chris. To be fair to you, you said it was a great goal. We didn't make a big enough deal of it. I thought it was a really good header. Actually. Yeah. And the cross so. was brilliant, and yeah, so I think that's a fair one. I, I like that Biznaga. Um, I w- um, what about you, Alex? Who did you go with? 
I mean, if I could give it to a substitute, I'd give it to Joaquin Munoz. I think he played really well. Um, but I'm going to give it to Yanis Rahmani. I feel like he he put himself about and he was he was quite mobile and he helped with the attack and obviously the assist with the with the with the goal. And I, I think just in general, he looked like the most lively player on the pitch. And if we were going to get that second equaliser, I think it would have come through him in some way. Yeah, actually, it was between him and. Uh... Chavaria for me for the for the same reasons you just said. I thought Chavaria, um, although maybe not his most you know exciting game, he was just busy and working hard. But actually, you might have just changed my mind because I forgot Romani was the one that put the ball in. So I might swap to him just because he did the same sort of hard work but got an assist. So actually, I'm going to say Romani as well. Um, okay, do you want to talk about a Malaga win, boys? Yes, of yes. course. Let's do that then. So obviously last night we played Girona away um, and we sort of shared a couple of messages on our WhatsApp group. When you saw the starting lineup, Alex, we, uh, you know, what, what were your first thoughts? I mean, I was, in a way I was happy, obviously, that Juan Day didn't start. I feel like it was the right decision because he probably would have been a bit shaken up. Maybe he would have been too eager to you know, rectify uh, his his mistakes, and I think I think it was the right decision to leave him on the bench, and especially with him and Lomban, I think it was maybe a risk uh, against a team looking to maybe push for that promotion spot in the playoffs. I think it was nice to see, in a way, a few new faces or faces that we haven't seen in a while. So Cristiano Rodriguez and um, Joaquin Munoz. And uh, I think Mejias as well. I think it was it was good to see him recovering some form after maybe a disappointing few weeks. So yeah, in some in some instances I was surprised, but overall I think it was a good decision to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I think um, you know there's no doubt that being a football fan sometimes you just you react to things quite quickly. And I was the first to sort of go, oh no, what on earth's this team? But um, when I did sit down and think through it, well, actually, this this might not be so bad. What about you, Chris? How did you feel when you saw your beloved Ben Kamasa lining up right at the heart of our midfield? I thought, great, we're going to play a 4-4-2 formation. <laughs> and the only thing I disliked um, <laughs> was Ben Kamasa on the lineup. That's the only thing I don't like. And I keep disliking. Yeah. He's not a player who should be in Malaga. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about him. He should a be a jovial. <laughs> oh, I'd have him. I'd have him. We need him. We're bottom of the league with no wins. Really? Oh. Yeah. Not being funny, he, he does. He does look and sort of the way he plays is a little bit like a non-league footballer. Actually, the way he sort of mindlessly sort of goes about the place and gets stuck in. I think he'd fit in in non-league football. Did you, did you guys see he was making a, a really awful, strange tackle again on the midfield? Well, yeah, we was going to come to this, but let's talk about it now then. That um, Yeah, he sort of... I thought he played okay, actually, till then. He was... Well, I say okay. He didn't do anything wrong, I suppose, is my version of okay for him. But yeah, and actually, well, I was going to ask you guys about this. I thought if he'd connected a bit more with him, he could have got sent off again. Yeah. I think I think it's dangerous to play with him. Hmm. Uh, when they make a tackle on him, he looks like a diving swan um, straight out of the swan lake. 
<laughs> and uh, not a swan from Swansea. No, that's okay. Well, he's aggressive. He's, he, As we said last week, Chris, you do know now from your new knowledge of Swansea mascots that Cyril the Swan is quite an aggressive swan. Yeah. <laughs> so he does fit uh, in there. But um, he's the ugly duck. Um, but no, I, I really don't understand it. Um, as you said before the game, because my little one um, always <laughs> around seven-ish um, is in demand of the of the controller of the of the remote control of the TV because uh, then his favorite program, Paw Patrol, is on, um, which I obviously know all the names of the all the dogs in Paw Patrol. Um, so um, I said, I can't watch it on TV. I will watch it on uh, my mobile because the little one is watching Paw Patrol. And then you said, I wish Ben Kimasa was on, in Paw Patrol. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, and I wish he still was. I, I, like I said, I didn't think he did too much wrong. Um, maybe you could do that, Chris, as a, as a side project. You, obviously, we usually record on a Wednesday night. Maybe on a Thursday night, you could do a Paw Patrol podcast. You can, I was thinking about it, but yeah. I think there are no new episodes because uh, I'm uh, looking every day to the same episode. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's, lots uh, of... that's the thing with kids. You can't trick them. <laughs> there are podcasts that retrospectively go back and look at TV shows. So, you know, if, if you feel like you want to get more into this podcast game, there's something for you to, to think over. Um, I think it's quite good we talked about Ben Kamasa already. We've got that sort of negativity out of the way early doors and I think it's all positive from here on in so I think you touched on it a little bit already Chris so I'll go to um Alex with this you said you were happy to see what was apparently a 442 obviously it might not have been as clear cut as that but I think it probably was a 442 uh four at the back Alex is you know was you happy to see that back because I certainly was I I love it I think I mean one of my flatmates the other day asked me what's my favorite football Formation that I instantly thought of Atletico Madrid and their four four two, and I'm a big fan of that simple four at the back. I think five at the back sometimes complicates things, especially with the wing backs getting forward and having to track back. I think four, you know where you're at. You've got your defenders, your midfielders, and your attackers, and especially with the level of football we're at, they're like we're not good enough to to know what to do in certain times where we're unsure. Do we go back? Do we come forward? So I think, yeah, I'm very happy that we moved away from the five. I think it was something that was causing us a lot of problems, especially with the crosses, because I feel like if we look at the goals that we've conceded, they're coming from crosses. And that's something to do with maybe the wing-backs coming forward and not tracking back enough. So I think, yeah, I'm definitely in favour of the four at the back. So um, Do you you like it in one line then or in a diamond? What's your favorite? I think the defense, the defense, you've got to have four at the back. I think the midfield, looking at Malaga, I think I like the wide diamond. So you have a right midfielder, a left midfielder, maybe someone sitting back like Munoz or Escassi, and then someone slightly ahead like Josabed or uh, Ramon. And then you have the two strikers. I think as a wide diamond, I think that works because we've got to exploit the wits. I agree. See, I saw, um, I saw lots of people saying it was a 4 4 2, but not to get into. You know, be picky about all these things. I thought it was more of a four-two-three-one personally, but um, that's how I saw it when the pitch was going. But yeah, it all you know, it all changes. Just before we move away from formations, 
Um, just because of something you said there, Alex, you said you like your favourite formation is four four two. Are you aware of the work of Mike Bassett, England manager? I'm not actually. Oh, right, I'm gonna have to. I have to send it to you. Um, I, I don't know if you are, Chris. I'd be surprised if you are. I'll send it to you too. No, I don't know. Well, basically, just going off on a tangent here. There's a famous, um, you know, uh, Ricky Tomlinson of the royal family fame, the comedy. He does a, it's a sort of mockumentary film called Mike Bassett, England manager. And he's not doing very well as England manager. And the press are criticising him. And he sort of sits there in the press conference quietly. And then he does this really beautiful rendition of Kipling's poem, which I've forgotten the name of, which I should know as an English teacher. And the press all go quiet. And then he finishes the poem with, England will play 4 4 fucking 2 and then he walks out. <laughs> that's that's the last bit. It's really funny clips. So I'll have to find it. But um, that could be Peggy Sarah saying, <laughs> "Malaga will play fucking five four one." Yeah. <laughs> but um, right, we'll go to some of those players that perhaps hadn't featured um, much before. And I, well, I want to talk about one player in particular. Um, and you sort of mentioned him earlier, Alex. Is the first time Joaquin Munoz has had a real chance to shine. And for me, in that first half, I think he's been our most exciting winger of the season so far. I'd even argue he did more in that first half than Jairo and Josebed have done in every Malaga game so far. Is is this me being too excitable or did you so both... So you enjoy? think he's better than Romani? No, I'm sorry, OK. I should have meant to put an asterisk apart from Romani. But okay. I think I think he's very... <laughs> I think he's very different to Romani, though. I think he he's like... He's a bit sort of shorter and seems to fit in the gaps between defenders and puts his shoulder down. And the thing I liked about him was he, especially in the second half, to be honest with you, he did give the ball away quite a lot in the second half, but it it didn't seem to bother him. He just seemed to keep going and keep trying to trick players and go past them. And I thought he was really exciting and just... It was very social to give the ball. He was what? Here. (laughs) It's very social of him to give the ball. Exactly. And there was the... In the first half, there was that flicked back heel volley to send, I think it was Ishmael running through. I just thought he was great. Um, I don't know about I him. agree. Sh- sharing is caring. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want him to give the ball away, but I mean, I quite like yes, the fact... Yes, we do. <laughs> I quite liked him pushing and, you know, keep trying. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I think it was... It was right he got subbed because he did look a bit tired at the end and obviously he's been injured and not played much football, but I'm a big fan of him. Um, my my favourite Malaga player award is still up for grabs, but I think my first favourite Malaga player of the season was Christian. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you. Was this the return of Christian being good? Mm, for me, not so much, to be what? honest. Oh. oh, yes, it was. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, he was great. Uh, okay, go on. What did you think? I, obviously, I'm. I'm. Yeah, no, he he was good, but it's. I still, I'm still missing a bit the Christian of the first uh, game match, two matches. I, I for me, he, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there that he's very. He played very different last night. I think in the others he was a bit further back and was more of a sort of you know spray passes about the pitch sort of player, but he was much further upfield last night. And I. I have a question. Did you? That, that, that's the question I had about Christian. Do you think um, the coaches have said to him, um, "You're a great guy, and we love your haircut, but 
Um, you can also play very good football, but when you have the ball, you also should give the ball to others once you get to the box. Um, you don't need to sh- I try and make a goal yourself the whole time. Possibly. I, w- I would agree with you in a set, maybe not in regards of. Because I didn't saw, saw him doing that yesterday, and I saw all the matches before yeah. when he came on. I saw him trying too much, not giving any ball, uh, not trying to give an assist, but trying it himself. What, what I would say, it was his most sort of selfless performance. There was times where he was making runs off the ball to sort of open up gaps. And this is where maybe I thought he was really good. It was I've never really noticed, and I don't know if, if maybe I was wrong, how he's quite tall and he won quite a lot of headers last night and was like hitting the ball on and I just thought he seemed to go in the right pockets of space and I just thought he was excellent last night, like particularly off the ball last night. And and then, yeah, so I suppose I'm agreeing with you there, Chris, but he was a bit more not trying to steal the show as much, perhaps. I, I would like to see him together with Josebet. Well, I don't know. I want to see him still together with Joaquin Munoz and Romani behind Trevaria, but I don't know. But on the midfield, instead of Ben Kamasa. Uh, but then I'd still pick Ramon instead of Ben Kamasa in the other games. But yeah, I'd like to see, I, a bit like I said with uh, Jairo Sampiero, I still think I'd like to see a bit more of Josebed. I think he still needs a bit more of a go. Um, Alex, what, what did you think of Christian? I thought, I mean, looking at the game, I think he could be a contender for Bisnaga. I think just the way he came back, obviously he's had a few weeks where he's, you know, from looking back at the first couple of games, he was a standout player. And I think just in generally, I think his first touch was fantastic. I think he, he was good at, you know, starting attacks and I think getting the balls into to the right areas and playing the right passes and tracking back as well. I think he did a good job with that. And I, I can't fault him in any aspect of his game. I think, I think possibly, I mean, we'll get onto it later, but yeah, definitely a contender for Bithnaga. Okay, um, let, let's get talking about the goal then. Uh, it seems that we are quite good at scoring from headers and crosses this season. And I think we're all quite happy to see Iskasi score that goal. Yeah, like, like I mean, obviously we're happy to see any Malga goal, but especially Iskasi. Did he deserve a goal after his sort of efforts this season? No, I'll let you go. I think, <laughs> I think I'm always, I, I never think deserving a goal is, I've said it before, I think yeah. it's not something you deserve. I think you work hard and you get it as a reward. I don't think, especially as a defender and the sort of player he is, I don't think goals is something that we should be looking, oh, he gets a goal because he's played well. I think I'd rather, if he doesn't score all season, but he makes loads of tackles and intercepts loads of passes, that's that's more important to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'll be good for him and I think it will boost his confidence that he's got that goal. Yeah, because he's been sort of, I think he's like been up there every single free kick, every single corner. I suppose I meant him more in that sense that he's been pushing for this goal, and obviously he scored quite a lot of goals for Numancia last year. So, um, um, oh, here's a here's a better question about Iskasi, and I've only just thought of this. This was um, pub talk on Saturday after the Leganes game. I said that the player I'd least like to have a fight with on the Malaga team is Iskasi because. He looks quite frightening. Um, is, can you think of a player you'd you know you'd be more scared to fight? I agree with you. Yeah, just the way he walks, he sort of puts his yeah. like it's almost like he's got his clenched fists all the time, and he's like. But he's also ugly, right? 
Yeah, he looks he's not tough. a very pretty guy. He's, yeah. He has like that rough face. Yeah, he like looks he's tough. going to eat you. Yeah, exactly. And even when he scored the goal last night, it reminded me of that. He just looked like crazy and yeah. He's he's from the same neighborhood as my uh, cousin's boyfriend, so Okay. Uh, if my cousin's boyfriend is if is listening, uh don't 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 tell him I said he was ugly. <laughs> Please. I want to see a fight now. <laughs> no. No, um Anyway, um, I, I, you know, if he's beautiful to me, if he's going to score goals like that all the time, and I. Well, only... let's be honest. He's, and and he's. I know at Sport Direct, a lot of the commentators there hate him. No, don't hate him, but think he's not so good. But he is so important for this Malaga, and he was sublime yesterday. Yeah, and I think he's probably a good presence in the, you know, off the pitch with the younger players. I think. I think he probably demands a lot of respect, probably because he does look quite hard. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's try and get through some of the other things did, that happened. Did you, did you guys see the tweet Luis Munoz uh, did send to... Uh... Yeah, I did. But it was something... Uh, what did he say? Palo? I can't remember. Yeah, he's from... Uh, is from El Palo. Yeah. And Luis Munoz is from La Palmilla, I think. Mm-hmm. I have to tweet over here. He said... Because we we retweeted it. If you don't follow us on Twitter, uh, do tweet do so do follow us. <laughs> there we go. Sin palabras, este es mi equipo. Seguimos luchando, seguiremos luchando y siempre con ambición hacia nuestro objetivo de los 50 puntos. Por ustedes, Malaguita. Más tres del palo a la palmilla. Well, everybody understands. Uh, Spanish now. Now we have started this podcast, so uh, I but just in case, it. just in case, do you want to translate for us? Yeah, uh, without words, uh, this is my team. Uh, fighting, we will keep fighting uh, always with ambition uh, towards our uh, objective, uh, fifty points. This one is for you, Malagistas. Plus three from El Palo. To La Palmilla. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. And actually, yeah. yeah, I saw that tweet. And obviously, I try to follow uh, quite a lot of Spanish Twitter accounts now to make sure I'm getting my Spanish. So I definitely knew the fight in part. But um, if I read um, Manolo Sanchez after the game last night. He said, this team plays each game like it is their last game, which I thought was a quite yes. a nice way to sum it up because they are definitely a team of fighters um, and as a Feyenoord, as a Feyenoord fan, um, at Feyenoord we always say we don't play pretty football, but we always have fighting teams. Um, well, you can relate that looking at Dirk Kuyt, who played a long time for us and is probably our Maradona uh, of Feyenoord. Um, that I love, I really love the fighting teams. I don't know, it's it's my kind of football. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I, I just love the fact that Dirk Coutts just being compared to Diego Maradona on this podcast. So that's For me, <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yes, I certainly know the Feyenoord attitude. But we will go back to the Malaga attitude. Just a couple of quick things um, to round off this Girona game then. We talked about the goal. Um, obviously, about two minutes after the goal, Girona were through on goal. Alex, Danny Barrio save. Superb. I, I love the Spanish word, Barradon. 
for a great save. I think when when I watched the um, the highlights after the game and uh, hearing the commentator, I think it's it was yeah, it was definitely it was one that kept us in the game. I think there's a few moments looking at um, yeah, Luis Munoz's shot, Diego, uh, Danny Barrios' save. I think there's the sort of certain moments that if they hadn't have gone our way, then we could have easily lost that game. Yeah, I think the other um, moment where we had our heart in our mouths was when they got through on goal and they passed it across the six-yard box. And I think Luis Munoz just sort of flicked it over the uh, flicked it wide, didn't he? And that that was, I think, that was bad forward play by them as much as it was good. Def- well, not good defending by us, but good recovering by us. Um, just a couple. Well, actually, that's something I was going to ask really quickly. Those chances opening up, and I thought we. A bit like we just said with the whole fighting spirit. I thought we got in their faces quite a lot and we pressed them quite a lot. I, I, I thought more than any other game, we took a lot more risks this time. And I don't necessarily mean like going for the killer pass all the time. But I think we did do that a little bit more too. But I thought we were a bit more aggressive in regards of getting the ball forward and taking a chance and I, I really enjoyed our performance last night actually. Well, as I tweeted out and as we'll probably talk about a bit later. I, I thought it was our best performance of the season so far. I don't know if either of you agree with that. I agree, definitely. And in what way do you think? Go on, sorry. Uh, I think it's definitely, it's definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was definitely... I think it wasn't about the second half. Our second half until yesterday were very poor. And then yesterday our second half was pretty okay was pretty decent um, and I like the fact that it wasn't uh, we weren't waiting for the counter I think we, we took the initiative yeah. for uh, for one time and we, we did that several times but we couldn't I don't know we always used to do that until yesterday until the 20th minute something mm-hmm. like that and then it somehow we scored or something and we just started to be late back Luke <laughs> uh, but I know I liked it. Yeah, and, and also I I think our substitutions last night were particularly good, or they were made at the right time. And there was there was a part of me that we seemed to go to a back three again. I thought, oh, here we go, we're just going to defend. But it seemed to be done at the right time. And um, yeah, I just thought they were really good. And I think um, I'm sure we'll talk about Biznaga and things like that later. But um, someone I just wanted to give a little bit of love to was um, Alex mentioned him already is um, Mejias who I thought I didn't really notice him last night but he just seemed to do his job and just clean everything up nicely and I'm going to credit that with me buying a Venezuelan national team shirt this week so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to credit his good performance on that um, wasn't that for Juanpi? that was for that. I bought it because it was 15 euros and I thought it was quite cool but yeah, that was mainly for Juanpi. I miss you, Juanpi. But anyway, um, shall we get on to our... Um, is there anything else you want to say about the performance or anyone you want to particularly praise before we go into our biznagas? And jumpers? I think something that I, I noted that was quite interesting, obviously um, the, the cool kids these days, they all have these AirPods and I noticed Manolo Sanchez has one in his ear uh, <laughs> and I'm assuming he's on the phone to Sergio Peite yeah. and um, something that it, it, I don't know whether it's just my ears I can't have one headphone in mm-hmm. and one not 
it, it bothers me, like hearing the sound. So I don't know how he does it for 90 minutes. So all credit to him. <laughs> well, um, they asked him after the match if he was uh, on the phone with Sergio Pedicer and he was saying no. I was listening to uh, Benke Masakra, the last episode of Giricast. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I uh, I saw uh, during the match, and it it didn't disturb me in any was in any way, but it just surprised me um, how short Matos is. Yeah, I, I, he is quite short. Though, I agree. I didn't notice particularly. I, I was more impressed. I didn't realize how tall Christian was. That's what I noticed more last night. But um, well, he he comes to my ankles probably, Matos. And, and are we? Is he winning best moustache of everyone? Like he's putting most work into it, I think. Yeah. Um, Joaquin Munoz has got quite a like a proper moustache. Uh, Christian's just let his grow, and he's not trying anymore. But, but do you agree that that um, like the real eighty moustache is from? Um, um, well, how can I forget his name? <laughs> Horrible. Tom Selleck? No. Burt Reynolds? There, there's um, oh, the Malaga player. Oh. Not Josemed. No. Our back. Juan <laughs> Day? Our left back. Matos. Oh, um, Matos. Matos. No. Sorry, right back. Sorry. Calero, Ismael. Ismael Casas. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got it. Wow. I slept like three hours uh, yeah. this night. So, tell us uh, about Ismael. Yeah. Ismael Casas has uh, had last last season. He had this this short hair, and then this strange little moustache. It was like really eighties. Eighties. Yeah. There you go. Um, I thought he was great last night as well. I he was great as well. They were all great. So this is going to be tough. Let's let's get the negativity out of the way first. Um, Chumbo, are we all just going to say Ben Kamasa? Yeah, Ben Kamasa for me. Yeah, Alex. Anyone different? I I can't. I mean, just in terms of the general ratings, just looking at it, I think Ben Kamasa's got to go. I think he's got to take it this week. Obviously, certain moments where I was thinking, "Oh, is he is he turning a new leaf here, <laughs> or is he starting a, a a run of form?" But yeah, I definitely think he's our chumble for this week. Well, it's a bit like I think I said last week, where it was that one game last season where. He did like three or four passes, and then we did this podcast, and we're like, "Oh my god, he's turned the corner!" And then I was like, yeah. he, he's, "He made three passes, maybe." But I think we give him the biznaga just out of excitement. But um, yeah, yeah, he was again. It wasn't his worst performance last night, though. To be honest with you, he, he, I just don't think he did much. That was much. He's just not good enough. Yeah, That's he's, it. A, he's a passenger, isn't he? And um, yeah, I was I was terrified when he didn't get subbed at half time and. We had 10 minutes of him on the pitch with a book in, but luckily Ramon came on and everything was calm again. But here we go then. Biznaga. This was tough, I thought. Um, and I still might change my mind to what I've got written down here. Chris, we'll go to you first. Who have you got as Biznaga? Great guy. A bit ugly. Uh, great goal. Oops. Very important for Malaga. Eskasi. Okay, that's a good one. That's... Um... We'll, we'll, yeah, stop calling him ugly though, because I am scared now. <laughs> um, Alex, who did you go with? I mean, credit should go to someone who wasn't actually there. I feel like I want to give it to Sergio Pizarro and Manolo Sanchez as a as a group. Um, I think 
the formation that they used and the tactics and the, the, the changes that they made, I think definitely was deserving of a Buznaga bit. If I was to pick a player, I think I'm going to go with Matos. I think he he was very he's very astute in defence and he cut out a lot of balls and um, obviously the, the injury uh, didn't help, but I think he also helped an attack as well and I think all round he had a really good game. Yeah, yeah. he didn't came short. <laughs> I definitely think it was Matos' best game in the Malaga shirt and it's co- I, I think I think he probably should get my Biznaga actually. I did I did really enjoy Joaquin Munoz in the first half, but as I've alluded to, I suppose, maybe he didn't do as much in the second half. So I was going to give it to him, but yeah, it, perhaps it does feel quite wrong not giving it to Matos, who, as you said, was excellent. Um, I think as well, you know, shout out to Christian, who I thought was excellent. And Luis Munoz, we know you barely mentioned him. He was he seemed to cover everything again. Um, just a brilliant performance all around, really, and... Hopefully we can... Now you have to mention Escassi as well, eh? And Escassi as well. But you mentioned him. I was trying to give shout-outs yeah. to people that hadn't. Um, Everybody was great. And it was great. It was great. And it was, it was great that um, Alex mentioned Palace here as well because, obviously, um, Chris, you, you last podcast, you said he should be walking through the city with the Game of Thrones shame. And, obviously, this is the city where that happened. So um, he didn't have to do it. He redeemed himself. He's... He did it. He did it, oh, and did now he made it up with us. Okay, he, he can. Yeah, I, he, finally, he listens to. He did listen to Miracast. <laughs> he didn't listen for a while. I can imagine, <laughs> but I can understand he's busy. So I'm happy. I'm just happy he listened to us. Again. Maybe he ran down the streets of Girona, naked, ringing bells with joy. <laughs> yeah. What a what a pretty sight. And anyway. Moving away from that, we will leave it there. A brilliant performance, as we said. Malaga goes sixth place at, after last night's game. I still think that can change again. But we will yeah, go... we're seventh now. Okay, all oh, right. The spoiler, Chris. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Spoiler, but we, we well, were currently, sixth. Line. Currently, Mirandes oh, are winning one 0 oh, So guys, that puts them sixth. You take you're taking the wind out of my. Oh, we're back to sixth. There you go. The wind are back in my sails. Um, but anyway, after last night's game, Malaga were sixth last night. And let's talk about how they can stay in the playoff hunt with the upcoming game against Lugo. Lugo's there. Well, what Lugo's there is Malaga v Lugo this Friday night, which I didn't know it was on a Friday night until yesterday. Um, but Friday night football is back. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm going to say it's bad, but it's back anyway. So Malaga do play Lugo at nine o'clock on Friday night. Um, I, I'm Especially the home game. I don't know if either of you remember the, the home game last year. It was quite traumatic for me. Um, do you remember it, either of you? Yes, I do. Uh, do you remember what happened, Chris? Yes. Um, the uh, how do you call him? Linesman. The linesman got a bit uh, ill. <laughs> Wiped out. Well, he, he, he had a bit too much pressure on the <laughs> evening before. Well, no, I think a Lugo player actually got pushed into him, and and everyone did that sort of thing where you go way because the referee's injured, and then it became quite clear that it was quite a bad injury, and. Uh, 
yeah, they had to, and this was in the 90th minute, had to get an ambulance, um, and then by the time the ambulance had come, and well, he'd been put in an ambulance, we had, I think it was, oh, excuse me, 11 minutes of injury time, so the game went on to the 111th minute, and then I had, um, it went, it, you know, got to the 111th minute, Lugo got a free kick, and of course, they put it right in the top corner, last kick of the game, all the players running on the pitch celebrating, uh, it was just before the last game for the winter break and I was very angry and my friend had to stop me from shouting and swearing because we were going out for Christmas drinks after. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I've not, I don't like Lugo because of that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember the other game either, the away game. I do, I do. I remember watching that and thinking, is this what I've waited so long for after lockdown? Yeah. And I'm quite disappointed. Yeah, I think we were... I think we were doing the podcast. That, well, we were doing the podcast then, and uh, I think we said it was probably the most boring game we've we've had to talk about. It was a nil-nil draw, and yeah, um, it was not much fun to watch at all. And we, I think it was one of those games, Chris, where we I think there was about two weeks where every time Malaga played, because we played a lot of games in two weeks, we just kept saying, "This is a must-win game. This is a must-win," and we kept drawing. But um, yeah. Um, do you have um, Chris? You're usually our judge on how big a club is in Segunda. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Lugo as a football club in general? Um, if you would ask to any of the Dutch people or the English people who don't really follow Segunda Division uh, about Lugo, um, they will probably ask you what. <laughs> Lugo, what is that? Is that a drink? Yeah, not 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 to not to kick them a bit more, but I, I'd I like would order it in a bar. Luke. Can I have two Lugos? <laughs> it does sound like a drink, yeah. Yeah, sounds like uh, like a tropical drink, which it's not a particularly tropical part of Spain, really, because it's up in the north, isn't it? I think is it Galicia or is it just below that? <laughs> it's near. Uh, uh, we don't we don't even know where it is. Yeah, that's not very good research, is it? But. Um, no, to be honest with you, I'd like to think that I'm pretty on the ball with football clubs from years of playing football manager and championship manager. But when I got my season ticket last year, I was a bit like, who? A bit like you said, I was like, who? Um, they were one of the teams I didn't know. But, you know, I, I, we'd, I'd like to think, I don't want to offend someone that loves Lugo out there. I hope there is someone that loves Lugo out there. A bit like when we had our friend uh, Chris Pigeon on, who loved Ponferradina. There'll be someone out there that loves Lugo, just as... Um, there's someone out there that loves Ponferradina. Well, there's a lot of people, apparently, because he told us he spoke in front of 6,000 people. But um, I feel like I'm digging myself a hole now, so I'm going to backtrack from that hole. Um, this we season, are sorry, Chris. Um, and Lugo. And Lugo, we're sorry, too. Uh, Lugo, we're not sorry because we, we're not even sure you have any fans. Okay. Right. Well, there you go. I'll leave, I, I'll, I'll leave that one with you. I did my apologising. You can deal with the Lugo onslaught on Twitter when it comes. Didn't we have to apologise from last week or a few uh, weeks before? No, we're not doing any more apologies like this. We're, we're going to make mistakes. We're not, you know, no one's paying me here. Um, we, 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 we said some things about the mascot or the fake Ross. Yeah, Luton. It was after we did it, actually during the podcast, I remembered it was Luton, but I didn't think it was particularly interesting to go back to and... I don't think the people of Luton would be that offended that I forgot. Um, I don't know if you were offended. 
I'll it's, apologize. It scares me. If I'm ever going to uh, pot, uh, a pop quiz, I'm going to ask the Kevin, our follower, yeah. who listens every week. He, he knows like everything. Every yeah. mistake we make, he, he knows the answer. Well, Starting with Madonna, who wasn't. Madonna. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was that was a bad one to start with. Um, I do yeah. back in the normal days of about three weeks ago. I did do a pub quiz every two weeks on a Friday, and we regularly won. So you know, I'd like to think I do know stuff, but I think the the pressure of when I press that red recording button just makes me forget things, sadly. But um, yeah, um. There you go. No, it can it can happen. See, even there, I forgot what on earth were we talking about now. But we are talking about this team Lugo. called Lugo. Um, Alex, surprise package this year. They're below Malaga. I, I believe we sort of expected them to be towards the bottom, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, no, I think uh, generally it's sort of a mid-table team. I think, I mean, I've only seen them in one game uh, against Alcorcón uh, mm. on my year abroad, and it was a fairly... Well, nothing really happened. It was nil-nil, Alcock on Mr. Penalty. Um, but an interesting fact about Lugo, their manager, forgive the pronunciation here, but Mehdi Nafti, I believe his name yeah. is, played 80 times for Birmingham City. Yeah, I know. I didn't know he was the manager. I know. I remember Mehdi Nafti. I can tell you he played for Racing Santander quite a lot as well, I seem to remember. Yeah, he played 110 times, scoring three goals for Racing Santander. There you go. And do you know what? Uh, I know... I know that because of championship manager and football manager. And when he went to Birmingham City, I was like, he played for me when I was manager of Racing Santander. Because, of course, I've managed Racing Santander on championship manager at some point. But, um, oh, that's interesting. I, did, I didn't know he was manager. There, there you go. That's, um, this is what we need. So if anyone's out there, anyone that's even not a Lugo fan and knows a Lugo fan, let us know for next time we, you know, when we play Lugo again. Because we, you know, we want to hear from those Lugo lovers out there. Because um, you know, Alex throwing things like that at me is our only source of information at the moment. Um, do you have anything else to throw at me about Lugo, Alex, or do we need to talk about Malaga? I think moving on to Malaga, <laughs> so I don't end up making a mistake. Yeah, um, I, I don't think Lugo had a plastic pitch either. Just before, well, they might have. I might say that now. I might have offended someone. This is um. I, I can. I can. Um... Give us some Lugo. Give you some details on uh, Lugo. Go for it. Have you literally I, just googled this now? No, I I'm, I I I know a lot of um, okay of Lugo. Um, they have twenty points. They're in the tenth position at this moment. Uh, they played fourteen games. They won six. They lost six. They draw two. They received so far thirty-four yellow cards. Okay, that's, that's one more than Malaga. Um, four red cards. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Malaga only one so far. Yeah. Uh, they scored 14 goals. We scored 12. So, uh, they received 14 goals and we are we did eat 18 goals. Yeah. Uh, we made 195 fouls and they made 193. Oh no, that's in favour. Sorry, that's, that's right. in favour. I, I don't think people are gonna. I don't think people are gonna care. <laughs> and the uh, sounds of those stats, it sounds like we're two similar teams that yeah, probably be yeah. in a similar position come the end of the season. They yeah. made 191 fouls, and we made 215. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 
82 shots on goal. And they had 81 shots okay. so far this season. And we had 5,029 passes. And they had 4,207 passes. Okay. So and if your question is going to be, uh, wow, Chris, did you count all those stats yourself? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, Chris sat there with a tally chart counting all those passes up and all those yellow yes. cards. But yeah, that red card thing seemed particularly notable, actually. The four red cards and... Um, I still don't really understand how we have so many yellow cards, but um, actually, now I think about it, maybe I do understand, because as we said earlier, we, we do like a bit of a, we're a little bit scrappier than last season, I suppose, aren't we? So, um, But it does seem like, I don't think we've ever played particularly dirty, but being a fan of Malaga, I suppose I'm not going to see the dirty side, am I? But um, yeah, let's, let's leave Lugo. But again, anybody wants to find us a Lugo fan... Because, um, you know, we all have jobs. Well, apart from Alex, because he's a tax-dodging student. But um, yeah. I, do, I do not have time to sit down and watch all Lugo games. So, you know, hit us up if you know about Lugo. Um, or you do it, Alex, since you're a student and you've got time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, go. <laughs> I'm only saying this because this is the sort of thing older people used to say to me when I was a student. And I used to find it really patronising. So... I just wanted to see what it felt like. I didn't enjoy it, so I'll stop with that. Um, Even when I go through their I players, I don't, I don't really recognise anyone. Okay. Let's talk about Malaga, because we know yeah. Malaga. We like Malaga, and Malaga are doing well at the moment. Um, we love Malaga. I bloody love them. Um, let's go when... I think we've all agreed. We Do we want to see the 4-4-2 back? Um, I got Alex's... Alex said it's the greatest formation ever, basically. Chris, do you want to see the four the four four two back? Yes, please. And um, and then my next question would be perhaps from these last from this last week of games is there is there any players you consider undroppable now that there's players that you know that have to be in this starting lineup no matter what? Chavaria, Ramon, Ramani, um, Luis Munoz. Okay. Alex, anyone you want to add to that Isma, list? Ismael Casas, Escasi. Okay. And Danny Barrio. Okay, we'll come on to Danny Barrio in a second. Anyone you'd like to add to that list, Alex, or anyone you'd like to take away from the list? Because it was a longer list than I thought. Yeah, I think if I was to create my own list, I think Chavaria would probably be one of them. Um, Ramon, I feel like yeah. not. I think undroppable is probably the wrong word. I feel like at his stage of his career, I felt like it would be wrong to carry on playing him every game because we don't want to overload him at this stage. And a player like Rahmani, I feel like maybe it could be another one that's undroppable. So I think in this case, only two certains for me. And I think I'm, I'm not really a big believer in undroppables because I think even if they are undroppable the more the more you play them the worse they're going to get because they're going to lose fitness because they're going to be tired so I think every player needs a rest now and again so I think if I had to pick two those would be my two yeah I should have perhaps added undroppable in the circumstances at the moment but actually I've got the exact two two the size say it again the exact same two players written down as you I've said Chivaria and Romani just because I feel the other players who Chris mentioned like I do agree Ramon, Luis Munez, they're all obviously all important players, but I feel they could be swapped out a little bit. Whereas 
I think Chavari and and Romani, especially the sort of relationship they seem to be building up on the pitch, I feel like they have to be on the pitch at the moment for us to to be winning games. I think they're vitally important, actually. Um, the other one you said, Chris, actually, I did maybe consider, if he's fully fit, I do quite like seeing Ishmael start. And although Calero's, I think Calero's getting a little bit better. I wasn't his biggest fan, as I as I expressed on here a few times, but I think he's getting there. Um, let's let's go to that question as well. And um, Chris, you said Danny Barrio should be starting. Um, do you have any strong feelings about either Alex Barrio or Soriano, or are we still down the middle? I think... I'm down the middle. I think uh, at the beginning of the season, I was more against Soriano. I think I was preferring Danny Barrio. But after seeing Soriano in some of these games, I think it's just picking up game time for him and minutes and regaining his match sharpness. But then also Danny Barrio making a save like he did last mm-hmm. night and playing rather well. So I think, it, in a way, I think I'm changing my opinion and maybe going back to that hipster idea. I think it might <laughs> be good if we keep this sort of interchanging because it keep both of them on their toes and also if one of them is having a bad game we know we can rely on the other one whereas if one of them usually you have a, a main keeper and a sub keeper if your main keeper is having a bad run of form the sub keeper is a bit eh, it's a bit like Chelsea with Kepa they've lost Kepa now obviously they've got Mendy but I feel like when, when they first lost Kepa it was a bit like wow what do we do yeah. but I feel like it's a, it's a definitely a luxury to have two keepers that can perform at any given moment yeah, I'm I'm still very much uh, team Barrio, but I do agree with you. It's I'm not. If I see Soriano on the team sheet, I don't go. Oh no, I think he's done. Me, I don't think he's done too much wrong. He was a bit nervy in those first few games, maybe. But as you said, I think now he's got. He's had a few more games. He looks quite assured. And yeah, maybe you know we are. <laughs> we are chasing a playoff place at the moment, so I suppose we're not doing too much wrong. So maybe don't change that system. Um, just a couple of things then before we leave this. Um, Chris, do we know any injury news in regards of Iskasi and Matos at the moment? Because obviously both got injured in the last game. Iskasi went off at half-time and Matos yes. towards the end of the game. Um, what I know is that um, there until so far there's no news yet. But I can tell you something about their injuries. Uh, Matos suffers from a contracture in the adductor of his right leg. I don't know. No, no, sounds like a posh way of no, saying no, it's called hamstring. This is just before you carry on. I, I, just for just for someone who's perhaps listening in the UK that wants an insight into Spanish culture here um, or Spanish football culture, they do this in Spain where they don't just say um, he's got a bruised shin or he's pulled a hamstring. They tell you the exact muscle and exact. It's really weird, I think, but it's yes. it's far more precise, I suppose. So, I know. just in case there's any doctors listening, Chris, let's go really precise. So, carry on with the way you're doing it, since we are well, a Spanish-based podcast. From my point of view, I'm like uh, Spanish, uh, born in Spain. I lived almost my entire life in Holland. And I'm on an English podcast, and we bring the news. And then I see those words in, in, in Spanish, and then I think, okay. And then I come to the point where I have to translate it to English. And then I think, oh, fuck me. And then I go to Google Translate and uh, <laughs> translate it that way. Okay. Uh, only the things I really don't know how to translate, so I'm sorry for that. 
uh, but everybody's a doctor, so <laughs> everybody can, needs to understand what a contracture in the adductor of his right leg is. Okay. Yeah. And Escassi suffers from a bruise on the heel of his right foot. That's easier. <laughs> I, I, but I really like the details they uh, they do in Spain. Yeah. Like, oh, me they too. tell you a bruise on the heel of his right foot. It's good. It's um, yeah, similar to you. Though, like when I was started reading Spanish football newspapers and I was trying to help myself learn a bit of Spanish, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then I Google it and I thought, oh, that that that's weird. But then I've just learned that that's how they do it here. So um, anyway. But they are so basically they probably won't play Friday. I'm guessing. Um, it's it sounds very horrible what Mato says. Yeah, well, that did sound horrible. It might just mean uh, he's yeah. he's stubbed the toe, as far as I know. There, but um, maybe yeah. he has itchy nose. That can be what he's. It could what be. It means anyway. But um, yeah, they, obviously we play Friday night, so maybe. Uh, I got it from what I heard. I thought Matos only had a slight knock, and Escassis was a little bit more. But I don't think they're long term either of them, are they? But it was as we started recording. I still think it was a bit unknown, if I, from what I understood. Um, anyway, um, really quickly then, Chris, are you happy to see Palace back on the touchline after you've sort of been a big fan of his so far? Uh, I think he's a really handsome looking guy. Uh, I really would see my mum date him <laughs> because that would get me free Malaga shirts and stuff and I think she would be attracted to him so okay. uh, what about for my for my mum yes okay so um, here's just a quick question then if if your mum had to would date... I call him that yes <laughs> definitely would you would you take free Malaga tickets if it meant your mum dating Escassi? <laughs> <laughs> Match tickets or season tickets? Um, we'll go season tickets. He's, he's your new dad. Sure. Okay. Of course. And I would it, go live with him in Malaga. He can be the Escastadi. No, it doesn't quite work. Es- anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the Escastadi. He probably says that because he is quite scary. Um... Really quickly then, just to round things up, um, Alex, what would you say is the main thing we have learnt this week from Malaga Club de Football about our on-the-pitch performances? What's your take don't, don't, lose, don't lose hope. If we have a bad performance one week, just know that next week we might pick it up again. And I think it's one of those things, apart from the Rayo Vallecano game, we haven't been battered. I know we've been outclassed in a few games, yeah. but like in terms of the scoreline, it's always been there or thereabouts. So I don't think we're we're looking at relegation battle this season. I definitely think top half is well within our capabilities. So yeah, I think uh, a, a thing would be to say don't don't give up on the team when they're when they're having a bad moment. That's a nice sentiment, um, Chris. What was your one takeaway from our two games this week? If it doesn't work, to put. Ben Kimasa on the pitch in on the seventeenth minute or in the second half. Just try it in the first half. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good one. Um, my my takeaway is, and I only noticed this um, uh, after the game last night. But I've got a great tactic to get us promoted. Wear great. the yellow shirt all the time. We've got I seven agree. points I for agree. nine. Yes. 
Burn the purple and green one. Yes. Wear the yellow shirt. It's our new home shirt. Does, <laughs> does, did anyone notice that we didn't play in the purple and green one anymore? Nope, that it's, it's only the yellow one we're playing in? It's gone. Burn and Malaga it. doesn't even sell that shirt. <laughs> it, it needs to be in the club shop for Christmas. I'll be all over it. But yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. And Malaga, if you're listening, which you probably are, sell the yellow shirt. Okay, um, just before we wrap things up then, Alex has pretty much just given me his expectations now was by saying, um, you know, we, we should be, look, or we, he thinks we could be going top half. Um, just quickly, Alex, what about this game against Lugo? I think it'll be an interesting, because obviously uh, looking at Lugo against Oviedo, um, I think it, it'd be interesting to see how both teams, you know, play out against each other and just looking at the table now the I quite like it looking at the home and away tables Malaga at home are 17th and away they are second hmm. so I don't know whether that's something to to be worried about obviously um but I think going off the result the performance against Kidona I think the players will be very positive and they'll be buoyed up so I think it should we should be in for a good performance hopefully okay and Chris um just before we wrap this up then will I be Drinking Patran again on Friday night. Um, yes, and I love the fact that when we die, we will go. We will going to be remembered in Malaga as the guys <laughs> of points mean Patran yeah, because. I, can we just say though? Can I just give credit first to um, Ken and Pam in the tavern? This is they are baby, yeah. and I have showed them. Like, they thought it was funny when I showed them that a Mallorca podcast had named their podcast episode about Malaga points mean Patreon. They thought that was incredible. So, it's they a baby, really. I, I'm, But I've just carried the mantle on into the depths of social media, I suppose. But listen, we are really getting famous for it. And, well, famous. It's really becoming a thing in Malaga because every week it's it's like we get more and more likes and followers because of the Pachura moment. Um, this week we had 142 likes on the uh, on 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 the Pachura thing, so okay. I'm I'm amazed. And and I believe you tried to get me, well us, I suppose, some some sponsorship from Pachura, and we got a reply. Yes, we got a reply. Ha, 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 ha. Nice try. <laughs> is what this. I said, well, we should be sponsored. And then I called in a company, which name I won't say now, because yeah. they're not sponsoring us. They said, ha, 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 ha. Nice try. Anyway, so great that you discovered such a traditional product from Nevada, Nevada, and you like it so much, but you should try to enjoy it slowly. <laughs> Cold with one or two big ice cubes instead of having Pacheron shots. And then and then you can go on and try it on cocktails. Yeah. Well, again, while I've given them credit, I do believe this is how you are supposed to drink Pacheron. And I have drunk it that. The whole doing a shot of it thing has started from Pam and Ken too. So they have, they're a bad influence on me. And again, I've just carried on. They are my, my Marbella mum and dad, and I'm just copying as my mum and dad tell me. So um, that's that's where it's come from there. But yes, you know, hopefully you can all join us for a Pacharan 
after the game on yes. Friday, send us your videos drinking Patron. It can be whatever you want to drink. It can yeah. be Victoria if you want. It can be wine. Even because you know, we, we have guys of people doing it with us on uh, on Facebook. People share their drinks, and we have a uh, particularly one. Um, Guinness gets mentioned a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, the Guinness, the Guinness, um, the Guinness one. Yeah, somebody's drinking Guinness every week, and it doesn't really, really, really matter what you drink. Yeah, just, just drink just because dr- alcohol is good for you. It's just under the the umbrella of points, mean Pacharan, um, and we we will leave it there then. So, um, Alex, anything you want to add? Uh, apart from Vamos Malaga, I am. I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I've said everything I need to say. Yeah, vamos Malaga. Okay, excellent. And we'll see you for whatever you want to drink on Friday night to celebrate a Malaga point, at least, hopefully three points. And uh, Chris, before we go, you, you wanted to do a musical tribute to El Diego. Yes. Um, and therefore, I need everybody to close his eyes. Everybody older than 40. Um, close your eyes. And uh, think of, of a warming up between a very important match. And we go back all the way to 1989. It's the UEFA Cup semi-final between Napoli and Bayern Munich. Um, Maradona plays for Napoli with a blue shirt, I remember. A light blue shirt. A baby blue shirt. And uh, the warming up started, and you can hear in the stadium uh, a song playing. And uh, one of the greatest footballers ever juggling with the ball. Beautiful stuff. So we will play out with that song. Um, so I think I will finish by saying you've been listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Vamos Malaga, as always. But add tonight, vamos Maradona.